you can live out your MasterChef dream. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. It's time to turn off the lights and turn on the dark. Good evening, listener. You're listening to Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. On tonight's edition, we invite you to leave behind your safe reality and descend with us into the frightening depths of the most terrifying imaginations with two audio adaptations of frightening fiction about trending terrors. I'm your host, Steve Taylor, and tonight I'll be your guide as we traverse the dimly lit corridors of your darkest dreams. Joining us tonight to help bring to life the frightening fiction of Tom Russell, our voice talents Jeff Sturdivant, Rissa Montanez, Eric Peabody, Otis Jiry. Now, get your ticket ready. Take your seat in our theater of the minds and brace yourself. It's time to... Turn off the lights and turn on the dark. Our first tale this evening is written by Tom Russell 
and is brought to us by the creators of Velox Books and is performed by Jeff Sturdivant, Risa Montanez, Eric Peabody, and Otis Gyrie. In it, we will explore the phenomenon that begs the ultimate question. Have you heard of the Chewy Man? Now, without further ado, I present to you, Chewy Man. Terry told me about this place. Told me you guys have experience with the weird stuff. The Chewy Man isn't the only weird thing out there, I'm sure. I know from the Bigfoot and UFO forums that every inexplicable or paranormal phenomenon has its storm chasers. I've got my fingers crossed that here this post finds someone, anyone, who might be able to shed some light on just what the heck is going on in my small town. As with every forum I've visited, I come with a simple question. Why has nobody heard of the Chewy Man? My posts have racked up millions of views, reads, likes, whatever internet currency you pick. I've been on hardcore cryptid forums, 4chan, the message boards of paranormal investigators' websites. I've even spent one or two drunk nights asking on sites like Mumset or in Amazon reviews for random products. Not that these last long before getting taken down. Even my Tor browser ventures into the dark web turned up empty. Over the last 20 years or so, I've asked, inquired, harassed, begged, and hassled almost every corner of the internet trying to find answers. Nobody has heard of him. Nobody has heard of the Chewy Man. That's the problem. We know he's real. And our ragtag friendship group of six teenage lads can't be the only people that have seen him. I've gone over that night on loop throughout every one since. Every detail, no matter how small, is burned into my memory, kept in clarity by endless mental revisitation. Of those there, only Terry and I remain invested in knowing the truth. Rob allegedly killed himself a few months ago, the schizophrenia he'd struggled with ever since finally breaking him. Both Dan and Ricky took sides with the rest of the town. As for Greg... No, I'll get to Greg. You need to know about the Chewy Man before I tell you why I'm so desperate to find out about him. It started with a ritual. One of those silly games teenagers play to summon... Well, no, to spook themselves. That's usually the intent, isn't it? The Chewy Man ritual was different. It was clear the girls in the grainy footage were much more committed to whatever they thought would happen than by saying Bloody Mary five times in a mirror. We'd never heard of the Chewy Man before we found the battered VHS tape under Greg's dad's bed. That's why the words one of the girls said into the camera when we pressed play were confusing. Hi, Christy here. So, obviously, you guys have all heard of the Chewy Man. We hadn't. A quick muttering amongst the six of us confirmed that the name Chewy Man meant nothing. Christy in the video continued, speaking under the assumption that any viewers would be aware of the Chewy Man and what was to come next. Now, you guys know the rhyme, I'm sure. Again, nothing but shrugs from our group. But we found out there's a hidden secret part. 
No, I'm not talking about the symbols Mike Eastley copied from that book in the library. Duh, that's like, so old news. Christy stood to the side and gestured behind her. A lump started to rise in my throat. I squirmed in my cushion in front of the TV, increasingly uncomfortable as the realization dawned that the old VHS labeled CM87 may not give us the kind of thrills 14-year-olds expect from tapes under their mate's dad's beds. The blonde girl in the bright pink t-shirt and denim dungarees had moved to reveal the room behind her. She had three friends with her, other girls dressed similarly in late 80s fashion. The small room must have been somebody's attic or basement. Exposed plaster, wiring, pipes, and timber beams lined the walls. The camera wasn't positioned to give a good view of the ceiling. Judging by the angles of the girls' long shadows on the bare wood floorboards, the cramped space was lit only by a single grimy bulb suspended somewhere out of shot. Two of them were drawing something on those floorboards. If you're expecting a pentagram or some other satanic-looking symbolism, I'm going to have to disappoint you. The girls, one in a leather jacket and the other wearing leggings with an oversized The Cure t-shirt, were using a set of large rulers, protractors, and compasses to mark deliberate angles and curves with green chalk. The Fibonacci sequence of spirals within spirals must have taken them hours. They were putting on the finishing touches at the time Christie pressed record. The pattern stretched about 15 feet in diameter, easily. The neon emerald chalk line seemed to glow almost, their brightness a step above the other dim grains of the footage. Christy smirked at the camera. Steph and Becky have been working at this all day. That's how we know Mike Eastley is full of crap. Like he could focus on anything outside his pants for more than an hour. One of the girls piped up as she finished her final chalk circle. The rest of them laughed. That is, except for the girl in the school uniform standing over something off-camera on the far left of the screen, half-hidden in the shadows. Christy wiped a reed of laughter before continuing. <laughs> right? Anyway, we checked out that book. You want to see the real Chewy Man ritual? Keep watching. Oh, and Mike Easley can suck it. The wild-eyed blonde winked at the camera. On the other side of the screen, the six of us watched with bated breath. The tension was palpable. Terry and I have both since tried to work out what prompted the growing sense we were about to see something far darker than we could handle. These were the days before the internet, but fake footage videos of supernatural nonsense weren't unheard of in the last year of the 90s, especially since Blair Witch was released. I can't explain why but instinctively we could tell that this was different. If only we'd known how different. Maybe Rob would still be with us. Maybe Greg. No, we'll get to Greg. Despite the lumps in our throat and a quiet whimper from Dan, nobody decided to reach forward and stop the video. Teenage boys are like that. On screen, Christy, Becky, and Steph were standing around the circle. The girl in the school uniform still faced away in the shadows, ignoring the trio and remaining intently focused on whatever she was guarding out of shot. In unison, the trio around the circle raised their arms toward the center. They were holding something they'd been carrying in their back pockets. 
That's... that's corn syrup. Dan stammered back in the then-present. Yeah, yeah, it must be. Terry had replied, not believing Dan or himself. Still, putting it in condoms was freaky as hell. Each of the girls was indeed holding a condom. The rubbers were filled with a dark red liquid, dangling and swaying on an unseen breeze from knots pinched between the long pastel nails. Terry and I both agreed that, given what we know now, it probably wasn't corn syrup. The girls stood in silence for about 30 seconds, then speaking with the unity that can only be achieved by old friends reciting playground rhyme, they started chanting, Chewy man, chewy man, come round for tea. Chewy man, chewy man, come out for me. Chewy man, chewy man, bad kids should pack. Chewy man, chewy man, out for a snack. Again and again they chanted the unfamiliar nursery rhyme. They did so with the same practiced clarity with which anyone could deliver Mary Had a Little Lamb or London's Burning. We conferred as they sang on, their chanting voices almost merging into a singular monotonous drone. Have you heard of it, Ricky? You've not heard of it either, right? Nah, my dad grew up here too. They've got local accents for Pete's sakes. It must be fake. Chewy man? Obviously a made-up name. And so on. Fear was slowly taking hold of our teenage minds, yet none of us thought to end the nightmare by pressing the small, dark gray square on the stop button. With nobody to resist, the VHS played on. Natural pops and crackles of the audio seemed to grow sharper, more pronounced. The glowing of the chalk spirals intensified, moving further from harmless optical illusion and toward inexplicable but real phenomenon. Shadows in those parts of the attic-slash-basement, furthest from the circle, deepened. Those cast by the three girls around the glowing chalk grew longer, darker, stretching and solidifying until there was no space of floorboard untouched by either an absence of light or the impossible green luminescence of the floor diagram. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. 
The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. My heart beat in a rhythmic hammering against my ribs. Cold beads of sweat began to trickle down my forehead. The girl in the school uniform was heading into the circle, dragging the thing she'd been guarding. It was a boy. A boy only a few years older than the six of us. Uneven wisps of beard patched his clammy face, the protruding Adam's apple on his neck spasming as he tried to scream through the gag made of two filthy socks rammed down his throat. He was considerably larger than the girl in the school uniform. That didn't seem to faze her, though, and she showed no signs of strain as she dragged him to the center of the room by his curly, blood-matted hair. Once he lay in a whimpering heap in the center of the diagram, the uniformed girl retreated to the edges of the shot. She faced inwards now, bright-eyed and smirking, the obvious hunger and anticipation in her expression turned my stomach, almost as much as the bruises and cuts on the sobbing boy's face. The other girls continued chanting, their pace quickening, and enthusiasm now unrestrained. Chewy man, chewy man, come round for tea. Chewy man, chewy man, come out for me. Chewy man, chewy man, bad kids should pack. Chewy man, chewy man. Out for a snack. Their chants rose in volume, the pitches and tones converging into indistinguishable noise. The words blurred and melted into each other. The screen started flickering on every syllable, the grain of both the footage and audio pulsing in time to the rhythm of their endless rhyming. Felt like it went on for hours. The loud, wet crack made all six of us watching yell and scramble back from the TV a few inches. On a cue known only to them, the droning trio raised their arms. In a single movement, they threw the blood-filled condoms at the circle's center. Dan yelped again, and a quick glance confirmed his face was covered in tears. Terry, Ricky, Rob, and Greg had gone quiet. I can't remember my reaction, but I know it was closer to Dan's than it was the others. The three condoms ruptured on the glowing chalk. Their dark red contents splattered both the ground and the sobbing boy. At the sharp crack of the rubber splitting, the screen flickered, going fully white or black on a few almost indetectable frames. The young man struggled and screamed into the socks. It was at that moment I realized he must have been drugged. His face was panicked, eyes bulging and leaking tears, but the movement of his limbs was slow and rubbery. Despite us screaming at the TV for him to move, he remained in place on the chalk and now blood-covered floorboards. We didn't have long to plead with him by the time the chalk spirals started moving. All words or fearful utterances caught in my throat, my brain finding it impossible to make sense of all the information sent to it through retinal lenses and optic nerves. 
He'd seen those girls mark out those now aggressively growing spirals, circles, and lines. That intricate pattern wasn't some set piece or optical illusion. It was a normal, ordinary, and above all, stationary chalk drawing, etched out on normal, ordinary, and above all, solid hardwood floorboards. The diagram didn't care. Despite the dread-fueled knot in my gut, the maze of delicate spirals and deliberate angles started shifting across the dusty wood. The iridescent sequences danced together with a disturbing harmony, rotating and gliding on their own orbital paths, and yet somehow, their trajectories never crossed. The bruised and bloodied boy at their center screamed into his gag louder than ever before. If I weren't so terrified, I'd have joined in. The flailing of his rubbery limbs reached peak levels of deliberateness and urgency, yet it wasn't enough to move him more than a few inches. Even with the glowing spinning spirals, there was a clear catalyst to his renewed efforts, one it took me no longer than half a second to catch. The blood from the condoms was bubbling and trickling along the wood, oozing and ebbing. With an obvious purpose, my terrified psyche could not hide from me, as I said, by this point I was too scared to scream. The boy in the video wasn't, though. He howled and shrieked into the ball of filthy cloth, never stopping his futile attempts to edge himself away from the puddle of sentient crimson liquid forming inches from his face. Dan's wailing was uncontrollable. Ricky had to keep telling him to shut up, but the quivering in his voice betrayed his inability to process the situation. Greg was pleading with us not to think his dad was some kind of pervert. Terry, Rob, and I continued watching with lumps in our throats and tears in our eyes, saying nothing. If we'd have known this was our last chance to stop the tape before... Well, you'll see. Suffice to say, if we'd known what was to come, what that bubbling pool of blood was about to do in the last few innocent seconds one of us would have pressed that dark gray square. Unfortunately, we didn't, and now nobody will admit Greg or his dad ever existed. If only I'd have listened to my gut, to the screaming instincts urging me to reach forward and stop the tape. I ignored them, though. That single decision not to act changed everything forever. If I'd have stopped the tape then we'd never have had to witness the Chewy Man. It started with the puddle of murky crimson liquid. The pool undulated and spasmed, growing until it was itself a perfect circle within the rotating chalk spirals. By the time it stopped, it was a full seven feet across, much wider than it should have been, given the amount of blood that was in the Johnnies. To my growing horror... The bubbling on its viscous surface grew more violent by the second. Thick red steam started billowing from the hissing gore slick, tainting the greens and shadows of the video with hues of maroon. The only sounds coming from the tinny speakers on the TV were the boys' muffled whimpers and the organic hissing of the boiling blood puddle. The girls stopped chanting suddenly in perfect unison, none amongst them chanting alone for even a nanosecond. The spirals hadn't stopped their graceful rotations, however. They continued to shimmer and glide along the floorboards, 
throwing eerie pale lights over the girls and their captive. Then, quietly at first, but after a few minutes, a crescendo of pained moans, we heard him. The Chewy Man. The bubbles on the surface carried muted grunts and cries of agony when they popped. My eyes widened as the first of his hands pushed up through the boiling crimson. It was long, the two flat fingers and thumbs splaying from the dinner plate-sized palm, measured at least a foot from missing knuckles to each yellow splintered fingernail. I couldn't see any joints, no indication of bones of any sort. Instead, both the first flabby appendage and the twin that followed flapped and grasped at the floorboards around the puddle with pulsing anemone-like movements. The boy on the floor, we six observers in the then-present, and the two girls who weren't Christy or the freak in the school uniform, were screaming. Only Christy and the uniformed girl weren't absolutely terrified by the sight of those vine-like rubbery arms emerging from the crimson puddle. For her part, Christy eyed the purplish limbs hungrily as they contracted and dilated, pulling the chewy man's grotesque body from whatever inferno existed on the other side of the pool's violent surface. She was laughing as the first signs of its damp, glistening crown broke through to the world only the rational and sane are supposed to occupy. Ugh, that's what you get, Mike Eastley! She snarled at the limp, sobbing boy on the floor. That's what you get for dumping me just because I kept it at second base! I'd have found her unrestrained anger at the helpless boy horrifying, were it not for the girl in the uniform. Unlike Becky and Steph, one of whom was retching up the contents of her lunch at the sight of the quivering lump emerging from the floor, the nameless girl was calm. Her breaths remained steady as she beheld the chewy man's stomach-churning form for the first time, her expression locked in a predatory, narrow-eyed grin. The chewy man's sunken eyes weren't bright and electric like Christie's or the uniformed girl's. Nor were they wide and fearful like Becky, Steph, the gagged Mike Eastley, or my friends and I. The chewy man's shriveled orbs were a disgusting mixture of anger, upset, and hateful. A pained, haunting look I imagine exists nowhere else but in the eyes of unwell mothers before they drown their own children in bathwater. The irisless pupils were set into a brow that looked almost human, save for the complete absence of a nose and disproportionately small eyeballs. The only indication the crown of that boneless body wasn't human lay in the overly convex angle of its ridge. The noseless lower half of the face, however, was impossible to cognitively link with any branch of the homo genus. There were no neck, jaw, or ears. The top of the chewy man's head simply melted into its broad, unmuscular shoulders. Its mouth, twisted and framed by puckered lips, ran from armpit to deflated armpit the dozens of irregular rows of teeth stuck out at painful angles from the gums. Speaking of, each quivering, tooth-lined ridge was at least as thick as my forearm. I had to convince myself I couldn't smell that purplish, rubbery thing by the time it had pulled enough of its torso out of the puddle to reach Mike Eastley. Unfortunately for my sanity, it was confirmed for me within a few moments 
that the pungent stench of rotting fish and discarded medical waste was definitely not in my imagination. That's when the speakers on the TV started leaking. A thick, viscous brown liquid began to ooze from the tiny holes in the silver plastic. I yelled, and Greg ran off to grab a roll of tissue or a wipe or something to get rid of the sewage-like discharge pooling around the TV. I think Dan had passed out by then. Rob was an inconsolable, spluttering mess on the floor. Only Terry, Ricky, and I had the fortitude to try to contain the fluid and its nauseating fumes. It was difficult, though. Despite our terror, the events unfolding on the screen were proving impossible to look away from. The Chewy Man was getting to work. As the speaker sputtered and spat that reeking liquid, the Chewy Man had pulled enough of its snaking body from the now-filled blood portal to reach Mike Eastley. The popping sludge in Greg's living room oozed alongside tinny screams of both the gagged Mike and the pair of regretful accomplices to Christy and the dark-haired girl in the uniform. These harrowing occurrences weren't alone, though. There were also organic snaps and groans riding through the speakers. I stopped wiping the endless drudge of sewage to gawp, struggling not to puke. The chewy man's chest mouth had fully unhinged. The space between betoothed ridges was easily as tall as a man. I could see its thick, bluish tongue. Could make out with horrifying clarity that the jutting rows of molars didn't stop at its gums but extended all the way down its tunneling gullet to the guts presumably hidden at their end. Mike Eastley could see all of this too. I'm sure that's the reason his eyes rolled back until only two white pixels were visible. I'm sure that's why thin jets of puke erupted from the gaps between his lips and the bald socks. Fortunately, I didn't have to ponder how Mike Eastley was feeling for long. Those of us occupied with trying to contain the deluge from the speakers had all stopped. We watched, tears streaming from every pair of eyes, as the chewy man closed his jaws around Mike Eastley's limp legs. There was a sickening crunch, a sound I can only describe as like a stack of uncooked spaghetti snapping, if it was wrapped in raw bacon. Mike's puke-choked shrieks still haunt me as do the slavering moans of the Chewy Man as it inched its way up his unresisting body, bite by blood-soaked bite. Its jaw didn't snap shut quickly, but instead closed in slow and deliberate motions. Rather than pressing some kind of jawbone shut, the Chewy Man instead sucked Mike Eastley further and further into its maw. The lips seemed to empty between bites, filling again with an unseen fluid every time the mouth closed around Mike Eastley's shins, knees, thighs, slowly creating the pressure needed to snap the teenage boy's bones like twigs in an industrial vice. Becky and Steph were in hysterics as the full horror of the fate they'd sealed Mike Eastley to dawned on them. Even Christy had lost her passion now. She was knelt on the floor, sobbing, her eagerness for Mike's demise further diminished with each sucking chew. Only the girl in the uniform remained unfazed. Her predatory grin was fixed, right up until the point those shriveled eyes and puckered lips 
found their way to Mike's torso. It was at the exact moment the browns and yellows of puke around the sock gave way to dark purples and reds that the footage, to my eternal relief, cut out with a soft ping. I've never left a building so fast. I barely had time to hear Craig's pleas for us not to leave over the electronic and disturbingly wet and organic crunching of his TV imploding. None of us stayed. We all ran home, tears streaming down our faces, more than one pair of jeans damn. We never saw Greg or his family after that night. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Terry and I, as well as presumably Rob, Dan, and Ricky, had asked our parents about the Chewy Man as soon as we'd crashed through our front doors, sobbing and blubbering like lunatics. My father's response wasn't the warm, calming parental reassurance I was expecting. Why the fuck do you hear that name? He'd snapped, throwing me onto the sofa. You tell me now, who the fuck told you about the Chewy Man? I, of course, explained everything to him. He left the room, and I could hear through the wall between our kitchen and lounge that he was making phone calls. Angry phone calls. This lasted about a half an hour before he came back, face stern, gaze never meeting mine. Listen to me. You are never to speak of the tree man again. You're also never to ask about Greg or his family again. Do you understand? You won't be seeing him around anymore. Dad, what are you... Enough! The loud smash of the glass he was carrying on the opposite wall made me jump out of my skin. Enough! Don't press it. Don't bring it up again. Forget Greg. But... Shut up! This also threw me. My dad was usually a gentle, soft-spoken man. To hear him address me with such venom was enough to prompt a fresh wave of tears on my cheeks. Just shut up and stay there. You boys have fucked up a lot of things for us. No, sorry, that's not fair. 
Greg's dad has. We're not going to go and sort it. Sit down, not you. We, as in Jake and Dave and your other idiot friend's dad. I'm going to be out for a while. Don't be up when I get back. This is the last conversation we're ever going to have about tonight. I didn't hear him return until around 4 a.m. He shut the door behind him and sat on the stairs for a full hour, sobbing. Terry had said his dad had told him much the same. Unlike me, Terry decided to push the issue further. The black eye he showed up to school with the next day was enough to ensure I never tested my father on his word. Sure enough, all trace of Greg and his family were gone. It's like they'd never existed. Other kids would look away awkwardly when Terry and I had the guts to ask in hushed tones out of the earshot of adults. As for the adults, from teachers to police, they'd give us the same angry glares throughout the few weeks before we gave up trying to ask. It's been a few decades since then. As I said, Dan and Ricky have sided with the town. No matter how drunk Terry and I get them, they will still swear blind they've never heard of Greg. On the few times we've tried to bring up the Chewy Man, well, let's just say things got violent. We've tried searching every local archive we can, basically, since our first week outside of school and the hawk-like gazes of our teachers. All searches of the Chewy Man, Mike Eastley, or mysterious disappearances or odd happenings have turned up empty. We had to stop eventually. The police showed up at both our houses one night. That's when we had it confirmed that the town was going to the extent of monitoring our devices. It was Rob's suicide a few months ago that prompted Terry and me to move our private conversations about that night from postulating into actual action. So far, we've found nothing. All we've managed to do is attract furious stares from the other inhabitants of our small town. Terry went into hiding when he kept spotting Dan waiting outside his house. This was a few weeks after we made our first posts. Before long, I'd spot Ricky outside my own, his now balding features staring up at my bedroom window, face locked in an enraged snarl. That's why I haven't told you which town I came from, where the people doing their best to suppress the truth of the Chewy Man reside. I've been hopping from place to place since then, crashing in hotels and Airbnbs for as long as I can before I start to notice the faces. You get used to them, the familiar characters, when you spend your life in the same sleepy town. I could spot the local butcher scowling at me across Piccadilly Square in a heartbeat. The old lady from two doors down stayed hidden on a busy Glasgow thoroughfare for all of 30 seconds. To say the hateful looks on their faces scare me would be an understatement. I wouldn't be bed hopping like this if I felt safe. I definitely wouldn't feel the need to keep the name of the town I grew up in hidden. That's for your own safety, I think. As much as mine. For some reason, our entire town, including our own parents, don't want us poking around and finding out just what the hell the Chewy Man was. Why did our fathers make Greg, his mom and dad, and seven-year-old sister vanish from the face of the earth? Why has nobody heard of the Chewy Man?
Why do we get dozens of deleted responses no matter where we post our inquiries? Why was CM87 one of dozens of VHS tapes in the old suitcase we found it in? And most importantly of all, why did the tapes range from CM81-A all the way to CM99, Part 3? I hope you enjoyed Chewy Man, as written by Tom Russell and performed by Jeff Sturdivant, Rissa Montanez, Eric Peabody, and Otis Jiry. You can find more of Tom Russell over at Velox Books at www.veloxbooks.com, where you can find the book 100% Unfiltered Nightmare Fuel, among others. Tom Russell's works are dark, imaginative, and often unsettling. Insider horror stories that range from body transformation to Lovecraftian nightmares, from classic no-sleep and creepypastas to vast cosmic beings with a cold indifference to humanity. As a reminder, you can hear more of Rissa Montanez over at the Creepy Podcast by visiting www.creepypod.com. Now to the shows. Longtime resident and powerhouse Otis Jiry, who made an appearance in our first tale, has his very own show here on our network, Scary Stories Told in the Dark, which you can hear every Sunday night. On that note, be sure to check out the other shows we offer on our network. We have Fear from the Heartland, featuring horror stories brought to you from the Heartland, airing Wednesdays. Eric Peabody's Horror Hill, who also made an appearance in our first tale, is a podcast dedicated to some of our deeper and darker tales. We hope you check them out. And Drew Blood's Dark Tales airs Fridays, featuring some southern, down-home horror. Now, our weekly descent into the depths has just about come to a close. But before we go... I'd like to take a moment to thank you for joining us for tonight and remind you to take a moment to stop by our iTunes page and leave Chilling Tales for Dark Nights a five-star review and a kind word. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram if you haven't already. And of course, subscribe to us on YouTube where you can find an archive of our work going back to 2012 and consider signing up as a patron at our website. Chilling Tales for Dark to show your support and get all of our content ad free. I'm your host of the evening, Steve Taylor, and it's been a pleasure. Tune in again next week when we once again turn off the lights and turn on the dark. Sweet dreams, listener. Sweet dreams. <laughs> the Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. 
Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.